If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. What's going on, EG? How are you, man? Good, dude. I'm feeling great after that win. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kind of glad I I only started watching it in the second half because I felt like uh, I probably would have been like uh, as Fred McLeod says, sweaty palms time in the first. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's just I'm recording. Let's just go. Um, okay. Yeah, I you know the first was a little uneven, um, but I was. I was I kind of expected like a, they were going to turn it on at some point in the second half. It, this series has felt actually a lot like the Boston series last year where yeah. you know the the other team is motivated um you know their coach has them playing with the right mentality they're trying to act physical and tough. They're kind of playing, you know, YOLO like no no abandon um taking their big big puncher's chance. And the Cavs well, were sort of absorbing the blows, and then eventually they went out. At least so far, the first two games, that's kind of how it seems to me. Yeah. Well, what you said, too, I mean, you, you said it on the last podcast, and then I think you put it on the thread today, which is, you know, it's pretty amazing that this is the first time since 1997 that the eight, that, that all the top ten teams in the East have been above 500. Right. And to have a have an eight seed that's won that won 44 games in the regular season it's pretty impressive and i watched a fair amount of pistons games for some weird reason this year and i remember they 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 fought i mean they played golden state really tough and, the, and they've had some really good games all year and then occasionally they'll have a game where you know drummond will go like you know three for 15 from the free throw line and reggie jackson shots off and all of a sudden they like look terrible but for the most part, they looked pretty solid all year, and they were what like seventeen and nine the last uh, yeah. twenty six games. So I mean, they they definitely are up to the they're up to the challenge. But so I actually think I agree with you. I think it feels a lot like the Celtics series last year, except not quite as just overtly physical, just to be physical. I mean, it is physical for sure, but it doesn't feel like it's quite reached that level yet. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they're trying to take cheap cheap shots. Yeah, although, I, I'll be honest, I don't feel like the Boston series got to that level until really game three and four yeah. anyways. But 
when when you when they got to Boston. But I, I you know I think Detroit's a more talented team than Boston was last. Well, year. I think their their starting five is certainly more talented. I think Boston last year and this year is a little more evenly spread out. That's fair. Um, you know, I, I think Detroit starting five is pretty darn good. And they had some of the best lineups in the league this year in terms of plus minus. They yeah. just sort of fall off a cliff after like they're, you know, I don't feel back. like they're mentally tough. Well, I think they've been really helped by like Stanley Johnson, the rookie. Um, you know, he's played well, I thought in both of these games, Yeah. but then their next guy you know, is Reggie Bullock and then Steve Blake and it's yeah. Anthony Tulliver. I mean, Baines isn't bad, but he's not, I mean, you know, he's, he's a big drop off from Drummond. Yeah. They just, they get, there's a drop off for sure. Um, so I was just happy that for the Cavs that that uh, Channing Frye got to see the court. And oh I, that's man, probably yeah. A, probably a bit of, more of a product of TT getting in early foul trouble. I didn't see it, but I heard about it, and it right. sounds like he what he only played a few minutes in the first half. Yeah, he, he got he picked up two quickies, and they went to Mozgov, who man, I I like Timofe, but he, he just doesn't look good out there. You know, he kind of yeah. he, he he's overcompensating now. He's playing too fast. He's over playing passing lanes and he's overplaying hedging on the pick and roll and he's still having some problems catching the ball um tonight he had a play where Kyrie kind of passed it to him and then and then he tried to quickly pass it right back but Kyrie you know had other plans he was going to kind of circle around <laughs> and and Timo just threw it to nowhere and it, you know became a turnover um yeah. but so this is going to be a short, this isn't a podcast, also not a recap, this is just going to be a real short kind of instant reaction. Yeah. So you, you watch the second half, I watch the first, so I, I'll start. I just want to go maybe you know, two to three, four if we want, things that sort of stood out in this game. Okay. So, so I'll just start. What stood out to me, and I, I noticed this um, in the first half right away, is um, you know Kyrie Irving scored a lot of points in game one, but I had like a laser tracker on his defense especially his pick and roll defense and his isolation defense at the top of the key and I thought it was very poor in game one and so I was watching that again tonight and right away I noticed oh my gosh every single possession he is setting up and shielding the ball handler to go left and I'm thinking like Boy, it's only what you know. Nate's been screaming for like three months. Like, why do they keep letting point guards that are right-handed and are you know like to go right? Why are they letting him go? Why are they letting Jeremy Lin go right? Make him go left. And uh, so you know, I, I just thought the approach tonight from Kyrie on defense was way better than I've seen in a long time. And then the other thing was I was watching him on the pick and roll, um, and he wasn't. You know, he didn't overnight become a great pick-and-roll defender, but he did something tonight I saw on more than two occasions where he was a, a screen was set on him, and he was sort of pushed out of the play, and he immediately kind of grabbed on for dear life the <laughs> roller's, you know, forearm to kind of close the distance a little bit and then get his body into him. Mm. Um, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, where's this been? You know, like that is exactly what you need to do when you have no chance of recovering to the ball handler. Yeah. So I was I was pleasantly surprised with Kyrie's defensive approach tonight. 
Um, that, that, that was the first thing that stood out to me. So sure. you got something I'll, I'll, well, we can ping back yeah. and forth here. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the, the big thing that stood out to me, like the first thing that stood out to me in the second half was, um, was really just how, just how much the, the, I think really the defense started to, started to, to pick up. I mean, the Pistons went on a, I think it was a 7-0 run to start the second half. And I thought, oh, geez, maybe I should turn it off again because, you know, this, this, this is, doesn't seem to be a good omen. But, right. you know, I thought, I thought, you know, Ty, Ty Lue called the timeout to, to stop the bleeding. And then it was, when they came back out, it really felt like they were, they were really starting to, to, play the lanes more and really body up on guys. And it felt like Tristan, um, look, he had, I don't think he had any points tonight. I think he only had like one or two rebounds, but he did in the second half, what I saw him do for a lot, for a lot of the first three quarters in game one, which is he put a body on Drummond and he focused all of his efforts, not on rebounding, but on just trying to, just trying to contain uh, uh, Drummond and keep him, you know, from getting too deep in the paint and from getting, you know, just destroying the Cavs with second chance opportunities. And I felt like, you know, he, he was doing, he just had his lunch pail and his hard hat on and he was in there just, just doing the job and banging around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think this isn't a good series for him from a matchup standpoint, but if the Cavs end up playing Atlanta, TT uh, has owned the Hawks, you know, yep. <laughs> last year's playoffs and this year's regular season. It sure so, looks like they'll probably play Atlanta, so there you go. Right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I think that's the beauty of this Cavs team. They're so deep, and they've got enough high-usage players that the role players can affect the game in a positive way without being a liability because of a lack of production. Yep. And that's so critical, you know. It's like, I don't, Shepard, I don't need you, you know, dribbling out two vines and taking a Larry Hughesian step back. I really don't. I got enough guys that can put the ball in the hoop. I need you playing D and jumping passing lanes and running on the break and, oh, cutting back door and getting alley-oop lot. You know, that's what I need. And that really frees up guys like TT. Um, Yeah, I think it's no surprise that, TT has made some improvements, I think, every year. But really, ever since LeBron and Love showed up, he can kind of just be himself, you know? Um, right. He can focus on the things that he's already good at or the things that he's going to need to be good at, finishing around the rim, um, defending the pick and roll, uh, you know, offensive rebounding when the game's on the line. I mean, he was already pretty good at that stuff, and now he can really do that stuff, and you're not like banging your head against the wall because he doesn't have uh, a face-up game, you know, because he doesn't need right. one. We got Kevin Love. We don't need another yeah. post guy with a face-up game. So, yeah, I, I, I you know, when, when if TT's not going to score, he's not going to take that many shots, um, you know, that's fine. And it's a lot to ask him. He gives up a lot of size to Drummond. And I was really, yeah. really impressed with how well he kept him out of the deep post position in game one. And you could see right from the get-go Detroit, was trying to get Drummond going in this yeah. game. And they got him in, I mean, I didn't see it, but it, I mean, it sounds like they got Tristan into pretty quick foul trouble. And I think Love got into pretty pretty quick foul trouble too. So I think that, you know, Lou had no choice to but to play 
Moz, Gov, and uh, and get Channing Fry in there too. So Luke, I mean, that's Lou keeps doing things that are making me scratch my head, and I think I got to just relax a little bit because <laughs> they're two and zero, and they really blew the doors off the Pistons in the second half. Um, yeah. So I'll get into the second thing I noticed tonight. It was just yep. it was a it was a sequence that I was so happy, and I got to give Lou credit for this. Um, this was. Coming to starting the fourth quarter, right? So the Cavs, of course, completely blitzed the Pistons at the back half of the third quarter. Um, you know, they were, if J.R. Smith had hit that last three, the whole building, the roof would have just exploded. Oh, yeah. But the Cavs are up um, 14 points at the end of three. They go into the, you know, the TV timeout. They come out of it, and they've got their sort of, uh, Slightly unused lineup out there. Now, they got LeBron out there, but they got, you know, Delhi and they got Richard Jefferson, and it's a little bit like, okay, you know, maybe this is the lineup that we just hope nothing goes terribly wrong until, like, the eight- or nine-minute mark, and then we kind of get the main guys back in there. And, right, you know, so it's a baseline inbounds for the Pistons, and the Cavs have three guys in the backcourt. They have someone defending the inbounder, uh, and then Delhi and Richard Jefferson. I think Richard Jefferson was defending the inbounder, and Delhi and uh, oh, yeah. maybe LeBron or someone else yep. or Channing Fry is defending in the backcourt. Yep, and, and it went they, out and they threw it out of bounds. Well, well, first they threw in like sort of a lob pass to avoid a five second violation, and the Cavs deflected it out of bounds. Right, Richard so, Jefferson knocked it out of bounds. Right. Yeah. So then at this point, if you're the Pistons, you're like, all right, they're bringing like a full court press. So now they've seen it, and it, you know, we almost had him, Cavs. You almost had him. Yeah. Well, then they forced another turnover after the, <laughs> you know, and and Richard Jefferson, you know, pumped his fist, and I was up out of my seat, and I was just so happy because it's like that is really good coaching, first of all, for Lou, because you know yep. that fourteen is not an insurmountable lead, and you know that Stan Van Gundy is probably trying to calm his team down. He's going, guys. Nothing we can do about J.R. Smith hitting, like, five straight threes. Um, that's going to cool down. That's not sustainable. Here's what we have to do to chip away at this and take it one possession at a time. You know his message was something like that. And maybe he even yep. drew up a play. And the Cavs completely screwed up their heads by doing that full-court press. And Well, and, I, then, and then just to tag on to the loot thing, you, did you get well? You didn't watch the second half, but did you? See, or maybe you did, but you, did you see the play, the inbounds play, when they, it was one point four seconds left to get a bucket? Luke called a timeout, yes. drew up a play, and then Delhi, and then Delhi found Kevin like right under the hoop for a for a bucket, you know, for like a layup, and it was just yes, was just a great inbounds play that just kind of you could just tell like the the Pistons got completely demoralized by that because they had played such good defense. Up until that point right. in that possession, yeah, that was and a then, dead possession. I think. Yeah. didn't Kevin Love sort of get a ball, like air ball, deflected out, kind of thing? Yeah, and, yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, 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 that was demoralizing, and I was, I was glad he called that timeout. I remember in the moment before they actually scored, thinking like, you know, I like that timeout. Like, let's, yeah, let's not just waste possessions. Let's not worry about saving timeouts. Well, um, let, it went to a larger thing too, like which would be my like my second thing for the the second half was, and it kind of dovetails with what you're saying is that the Cavs showed a killer instinct tonight. Like, they did. 
they that's not I I'm not used to seeing that from this team this year. That when they've got an opportunity to put a team away with you know when they're up by a bit and you know they're they're right on that teetering point like that you know twelve to fourteen point margin and it's like if they could just push it another four or five like game over and usually it's kind of goes the other way it's like oh the other team kind of claws it goes on a little bit of a run and claws back and then it's right. a closer game than it should be right tonight that didn't happen tonight it was it was the the Delhi Lebron pick and roll I mean Delhi was fine I mean he made some amazing I mean that pass to the fine to shump yeah. for the, the dunk and then that I'm watching this this vine that I posted the one that, that happened like right about four minutes with four minutes left and you know the Cavs were up I think they were up they were up by 15 and it was that play where Delhi found LeBron and then LeBron instead of taking the the you know because he didn't quite get the oop right he shoveled it back out to Kevin Love for the three right and it put him and it put him up by 18 and it was like okay that's it like yeah. they're not coming back from that and it was just a total just just they just stepped on their throats and just choked him out yeah they did and um you're right i was expecting that okay you know i expected the cavs to win the game but i didn't expect it to be not really ever in doubt after they turned it on you know when they went up about 8 points in the third and then i think the pistons called timeout i thought like okay you know it's just like the boston series we're going to win by 5 and you know that's good that's fine take care of business and they really did i mean they were having fun out there too i haven't seen that amount of joy um in such a serious game you know i've seen them laugh it up when they're you know blown out like a crappy team but uh you know the pistons were uh they brought it tonight especially in the yeah. first quarter and then you know the Cavs went on a run and got real pumped up and the pistons came back i think they even took the lead at one point yeah so, they were up by yeah they were up by uh five yeah in, in the second half the Cavs really you're right they really stepped on their throats um yeah. in the second half so so another thing i noticed tonight that um i was really excited about was now i mean lebron is playing at such a high level right now and it's he's peaking at the right time but um what's what's really exciting to me is i feel like kevin love has been slowly getting better over the last four or five months. And he has his bad games, his games where he disappears. But I would say if you were to plot a trend line, you would show this real nice kind of slow and steady um, kind of double-double guy you can count on. And yep. and so then the question was like, well, yeah, but he still seems to do all of his damage kind of in the first in the first quarter. So tonight, the play, I believe it was in the fourth quarter, where LeBron in one motion caught a, a pass with his left hand and then fired a missile <laughs> to Kevin Love right in his shooting pocket who was spotted up in the corner. And yeah. the thing that I love the most about this play, which I haven't seen this yet this year, is before Love even released the ball, LeBron was running down court in like a joyous celebration. <laughs> you know? And, yep. and and it's so important that Kevin Love swished that three. Because yeah. you know he saw it in the corner of his eye. LeBron like, let's go. You know, you know he saw that. And yep. he's and he still buried it. And yep. that, that kind of chemistry um is really the kind of thing that can take the Cavs from a very talented team that's good enough to beat most teams to like tonight where they hit 
you know, 23s. And some of that's just J.R. Smith having a good J.R. game. I mean, that was an insane J.R. game. But they still had a lot of threes, especially in the second half, yeah. that were wide open in rhythm. And That's true. That and Kyrie hit Kyrie had a few, I mean, just looking at it, it looks like he hit a few early that just from the vines that, uh, I mean, he sounds like he, he kept them alive. He the did. Fight. He was really the only thing happening on offense in the first quarter. See, they got out of sync because... The Cavs in general, and I don't know if this is a LeBron thing, but ever since I can remember, back to like 2004, the Cavs start off a little bit slow. You know, they they right. just don't know exactly what they want to do on offense, and they did again tonight. And then TT got his second foul. So they started off slow, and then they had to bring in Mozgov, who just, ah, he just kind of kills their flow. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was really just Kyrie. Kyrie hit some shots. He made He made something out of nothing. Um, and they needed that. They really needed that tonight because they didn't have any offensive flow. They needed someone that was just going to go, we need a bucket. I'm going to get a bucket. And he was shooting off the dribble. Um, he looked good. Turnarounds, you know, all kinds of stuff. He kept him, yeah. he kept him afloat. And, uh, so that, that chemistry though was, you know, that really stood out to me. So, so give me something else you saw tonight. Um, well, I've mentioned, I mentioned, um, Delhi already, but. I mean, he had a nice bounce back game. I mean, I, I thought he was. I mean, he had a tough shooting game on on Sunday, and he was still, you know, dishing the ball out. But it felt like he. I mean, he, look, he and he and J, and uh, RJ were both plus twenty five tonight, which is crazy. I mean, that's amazing. But RJ's he, RJ's defense tonight floored me. He was great. Yeah, he was like flying around, uh, closing out, running guys off the line, getting his hand in the passing lanes. I mean. He was super active tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but, Del- I mean, Delhi was. Delhi had Delhi nine. Was I mean, he had nine assists. I mean, well, he, he was, was phenomenal. Everywhere. Yeah. And he is um, making some passes now that are not easy passes. That play that you know we've all seen a thousand times where LeBron throws down the insane thunderous two-handed dunk and then <laughs> kind of goes crazy like a WWE wrestler. Um, that was a tough pass. Delhi had two guys on. Yeah. He, he, if you watch that in slow motion or if you watch that vine over and over, you'll notice yeah. there was a little tiny window that he tossed that ball kind of back over his shoulder through two outstretched arms right to LeBron. He's, it feels um, like he and LeBron have a, are starting to develop some really good chemistry. Not that they hadn't before, but I, no, I noticed there was a, you know, what, what that looks like, those, those lineups when, you know, when you've got the, the Deli LeBron pick and roll going. I mean, it, it, it's gotta be pretty, it's gotta be a pretty, pretty high-scoring lineup. Yeah. No, and uh, Steve Smith um, made a point of it tonight in the broadcast. There was one of those pick-and-rolls where Delhi kind of probed and waited and waited, and then he you know, threw the pass a little bit ahead of LeBron so only LeBron could get to it because if, the, if that pass is behind it all, it's going to get deflected. So he is you know, like a good quarterback making a play that only his wide receiver can get to. Um, that's what he did, and Steve Smith said, you know, Delhi, you know, keeping his head up with the dribble, um, you know that was a really nice play there. And uh, yeah, I think it was maybe Phil Hubbard or, or someone in the comment section was saying, "What are the stats on these Delhi to LeBron pick and rolls?" I don't know the answer to that. I'm sure that's like a synergy question, and I don't have an account. But yeah, I, I can say that about a month and a half ago, I started noticing the Delhi LeBron high screen and roll that they normally ran from the left wing and LeBron usually popped. He didn't always roll. 
Um, right. but man, they're just getting better and better and better at it. They've added a couple of wrinkles. They have the, they have the standard kind of pick and roll, but they also have sort of like a LeBron hookup version of the, the Delhi TT only instead of, you know, a lot of times LeBron's coming from the wing. He's just like, kind of like almost like a crack in play. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been devastating. And yeah, well, I, and Delhi's like, been hitting his, hitting his labs more, uh, the last couple of games too. So that's, that certainly helps. Dude, the, did you sell know, it. did you notice tonight? Delhi actually made a left-handed layup and he, he went, did, and he jumped off the correct foot. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> that was very rare. Impressive. And then, uh, and then also the, the three point, I mean, that's, there was just an insane three point display. I mean, you know, they, they made 40 shots tonight for 50%. 20 of them, half of them were three pointers. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, they shot better from three than they did for the game. And they tied the, the all time playoff record that Golden State also tied last year with, with 20 in a game. So, right. and, you know, of course, the last one was from our buddy, the Orange Mamba, Jordan McRae. So. <laughs> Yeah. It was two. It was two for two and one for one for three and in one, one minute, minute. Yeah, one minute play for five points. So I'm going to say that the Mamba ought to probably maybe get a little bit more run. Yeah. Well, I you know I I promised we'd keep this short. I said 15 yep. minutes. Of course, you knew that was going to be a farce. But yeah, but um, we can keep it under 30. We'll keep it under 30. I, I have one more thing that I've noticed in both games that excites me that I want to point out, and I think maybe the Cavs are realizing it for the first time too. They've been able to go small, and I feel like in both games, or definitely in the first game, they went small or sort of out of necessity. It was almost just like, well, we don't really know what else to do, and it worked out fantastically. Uh, They went small again tonight, and Kevin Love is a good enough defensive rebounder that he was able to keep Andre Drummond off the offensive glass. Now, I'm not saying... You want Kevin Love banging with Andre Drummond in the post, obviously not. But when these games get to the get to the part where everyone's playing a little faster, um, the Cavs seem to LeBron seems to go more into free safety mode in yep. second halves, and that speeds up the offense, and they do more kind of high risk, high reward plays. And the Cavs have been completely fine running Kevin Love at the five. Um, and LeBron at the four against a team that's sort of set up to hurt them at that, yep. you know? Yep. So that bodes really well. I mean, I honestly think if they meet up with Atlanta, they could just completely destroy them given how well they're playing small ball. And it gives me hope against a team like, you know, out of the West because um, I, I think they're going to need that, that kind of prolific offense to, to keep pace. So I was yeah. really, I was really pleased to see that again tonight. Well, I think they're going to probably need pro- prolific offense to beat the heat <laughs> in the, Holy in the cow. Eastern conference yeah, finals. Cause heat, man, I mean, look, anything can happen obviously, but I mean, they've been, they've been handling Charlotte. Charlotte's it was a, a good pretty good defensive team. team. Yeah. yeah. But they've been, they've been just lights. I mean, Lou all dang is like, like found some found a youth or something in Miami, but this, you know, in this playoffs, but, um, but Dwayne Wade, man, like yeah. he, he went off tonight too. So who, I know. who knows? They, yeah. they, they, I haven't been really giving them much credit all year, but they definitely seem like they've got a 
a decent chance to wind up in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs. It, it really looks that way, yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, um, you know, we, we're, I'm looking forward to Corey's recap, get his take on the game. Yeah. But um, the other reason I wanted to do this Insta recap is because there's sort of some um, blog community-centric uh, announcements I wanted to get out. And so the first is that we are looking for another uh, staff member for Cavs the Blog. And so I guess this is the official announcement. Um, if you out there would like to write for Cavs the Blog, and we're specifically targeting a, a writer this time to help with um, recaps and other written content. I think we're doing great right now. Um, you know, Elijah's really done a great job with um, Cavs the Tweets, and our podcasts are just getting more popular and more popular. But I think it's a, it's a combination of things. I mean, you, me, and Nate all got pretty much new jobs over the last yep. uh, three months. And, um, and you got a new baby. <laughs> I got a new baby, and we're, it's just it's a little bit of a struggle right now. To in, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing fine, but it's sort of like um, – it would be nice to have another another writer to bring to the fold, yeah. and now that we somebody else in the somebody else in the bullpen, and now that we've um open now that we've changed the site, uh we you know to, today was a good example we or yesterday was a good example we ran the podcast and then David ran the woodshop series, yep. and I didn't feel like they were kind of competing with each other. I felt like people were watching both of them or reading both of them, commenting on both of them, and the format allows for more than single daily content. So I say, hey, why not? Let's do it. So um, if you're out there, if you're an active member or sort of a, uh, you know, you you read along, but you never really pipe up, um, you know, or you just happen to come across this and you're just in writing for Cavs the Blog, um, you can just, uh, you can email any of us really, but you could probably email me or Nate or uh, Evil Genius or Robert or all of us at once. And you yep. can find our emails in the contact section. And um, just tell us you're interested and then and then send us a recap sample. And it doesn't have to be super long like, you know, what we do, but um, I want yeah. your I want your flavor on a recap. Um, you break know, it down I, the way you would break it down. Yeah, and do whatever you like. To do. I mean, if you want to send me a YouTube video of a recap, that's fine. You want to send me something that's like haikus, you know, whatever you want to do. You want to send me something that's traditional but just rock solid. Um, you know, I'm hoping we get a lot of responses and we can pick a nice, uh, a nice addition to our team. Then the last thing is we've been experimenting with um, kind of newer content. Um, you know, not that we're doing anything groundbreaking here, but, you know, we started doing regular, regularly scheduled podcasts, which are going well. We're going to keep doing that. Um, David's Woodshop series is phenomenal. I love it. So I'm going to just keep <laughs> kind of leaning on him to keep doing that. Um, Robert's Point Forward has been great all year. And now, you know, I really loved his new, um, you know, video montage, dramatic, you know, voiceover series. I mean, that was awesome. That, that, yeah. that was like a more aesthetically pleasing version of like True Hoop TV, which has yeah, that really, really, a, really annoying. <laughs> I can't handle that. That stupid <laughs> tune. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we want to make that a regular thing. And now we've got Cavs of tweets, you know, we got Facebook. So I've seen, I've seen some, you know, ideas out there actually from the community that kind of caught my interest. And so there's a bunch of different things we could do for new content. Um, 
one of the ones that was suggested was someone enjoyed us being interrupted on the podcast, sort of like giving our instant reactions to the Mavericks Thunder game and said, boy, I'd really enjoy, you know, like watching a live stream of you guys like watching a game. Now there's technical challenges with that because it's really hard for everyone to be synchronized, um, you know, perfectly, you know, and if if you're off by even like two seconds, it can kind of ruin it a little bit. So I don't know about that, but that was an idea. Another one I thought of was, um, you know, the, what I always loved, what I always loved growing up in Cleveland was after the game, the Mike Snyder call-in show. Oh yeah. And so I kind of thought, hey, maybe it'd be cool. You know, we go, we all go crazy on the live thread. You know, we're going nuts, and then if they win, it's kind of like great win, and then we all just kind of like leave. And I get it; it's late. You know, we got things. It's time for bed. But there's probably some people out there that are just like, man, I wish the recap would come out so I could keep, so yeah. I could, you know. So what if we did? Especially as of, West Coasters. Yeah, exactly. So what if we did something like a Cavs the Blog call-in show or tweet-in show or comment-in show, and maybe yeah. it's just us getting on Skype and we yeah. invite other people to come on with us, or it's just more simple. Or just, just reading or reading tweets or yeah, or reading questions. tweets or reading comments in the thread and and responding to them. Um, you know, I, like I, I think that might be a cool idea. So there's all kinds of opportunities. We have a we have a pretty sizable, high quality team, and we all get along great. And God, every day, you know, I've got. We've got email threads that are hundreds of messages long. Just throughout the day, we're all emailing each other. So we're, we're really tight-knit. And um, so we have the ability to be agile and, and to, to try new things here. So um, you know, if you're listening to this, respond in the comment section with you know, what ideas you have or if anything's things that we said. Like, yeah, that would be really a great compliment to what we're already doing here. I feel Give like us your uh, feedback, commentariat. Yeah, exactly. And and again, um, you know, we'd like to add another writer. So if you are interested, um, you know, please send us some of your work. And uh, man, we got an exciting couple months coming up. I think so. It's a good time to be um, involved in the uh, the Cavalier subculture. So absolutely. You got anything else for us, E.G.? Um, only that uh, one of my favorite post game comments, <laughs> maybe of this postseason. Happened tonight when uh, a reporter asked Stan Van Gundy, aka the Hedgehog, uh, <laughs> what you know if he thought that uh, you know that that Tyron Lue had made some good made a good adjustment by you know surprisingly like starting LeBron James at the be- beginning of the second and fourth quarters I think and and <laughs> Stan just looked at him and said, oh yeah no that's you know that's that's a that's a brilliant you know that was that was brilliant you know brilliant coaching move putting LeBron James in the game like you know that's uh you know that's I mean that's 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 just one one hell of an adjustment there I mean just prickly yeah. hedgehog kind of stuff so I would uh, I would I just really, love to laugh at the guy I would love to have the Van Gundy brothers doing NBA commentary together yeah that would be genius because you know right now. Jeff is is sort of like the alpha dog, so to speak, when he's with Mike Breen and Mark Jackson, because Jackson's not uh, he does. I mean, he he sometimes goes after JVG, but not that hard. And you can tell Van Gundy doesn't care. And Breen's just like too nice of a guy and submissive. But if, I bet if you had Stan 
and Jeff in the booth together, and Jeff said something outrageous like he always does. I bet you Stan would go at him about oh, it, and I think it'd be great theater, kind of, kind of the way, kind of the way Charles and Kenny do. Um, yeah, I think that'd be great. So, by the, the way, Van, those guys, the Van Gundy brothers, those it's guys definitely, were, definitely sounds like a cable show. Those guys were hilarious tonight. I don't know if you got to watch Inside the NBA or that. that no, I, show. I, no, I, no, I missed it. I came in like right afterwards. Yeah, it was it was really good. So. Did All they right. pronounce Della Vadova properly? I think Chuck has finally figured it out. And I'm not right. going to be too hard on him because he is a Delhi fan. Yeah. Um, he was, like, vehemently defending Delhi against uh, Anna Thor- or, uh, um, Horford and oh. all the other haters um, yeah. last year. And he's he likes his game. I mean, how could you not like Delhi's game? So, um, And yeah. he was outstanding again tonight. Uh, I know I praise him so effusively that sometimes it rubs fans the wrong way um, with respect to Kyrie Irving. And I think that I, I don't think Delhi is a 40 minute a night guy yet. Um, but I'm just really proud of his development and how is how he a $10 million dollar a year guy though. I mean, I think if you talk to analytics people, they would say yes, given, given what kind of money they're throwing around um, next year. But I just, you know, whatever salary. I think I just, he's just as good of a specialist as Shumpert is, and they gave Shumpert ten million. Oh, oh, I'd say, I'd say more so than Shumpert. I think he's more valuable than Shumpert. Yeah, no, I was saying just as good. So I think, yeah. you know, that should be, it shouldn't be surprising if, if that's what. what I mean, winds honestly, up. I look at him in the backcourt the way I look at TT in the frontcourt. I mean, I really do. I feel yeah. like he's a. Uh, he does some things really well, and, and those things are necessary. And if you have the right complement, in this case, LeBron's a pretty damn good complement for almost any guard um, that has a decent skill set, but not every guard. And Delhi and LeBron right now are just firing on all cylinders, and that's really the key. Um, you know, Delhi in a vacuum, I don't know, but Delhi on the Cavs with LeBron has been really outstanding all year long. I mean, the plus-minus bears that out. The Rapham bears that out. Um, well, I'm just glad that, that it's not only that, but also Kyrie playing well and Kevin playing well. It just feels like they're all, everyone's doing what they need to do to kind of pitch in and, and help this team win. And the last two the last two games and wins have shown that. Yeah, and I, and I think the Pistons are no slouch. I mean, I don't think nope. that the Cavs are um, you know just doing what one seeds do to eight seeds. I feel like they're, they've <laughs> elevated their game, especially second half tonight. Do you think it's the toughest... And I know we got to go, but do you think it's the toughest series out there right now? Even um, though the Cavs are up two zero, I mean, is it? I mean, I mean, I guess they they kind of blew up, blew their doors off in the fourth quarter, but up until that, I mean, definitely feels like it's the been the it was, hardest fought one. Well, I think Atlanta, Boston is you know been somewhat of a grind. Obviously, you know, the Boston scored what seven points in the first yeah, quarter last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're just they don't they they're missing too many pieces offensively. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, OKC and Dallas is one one, um, so I would say that as you know, by default, yeah. the best, the most contested. Although that series. first game was that first game was kind of a blowout. It was a then, blowout, and yeah. then OKC missed a ton of shots in that second game. Yeah, but credit Dallas. Um, you yeah. know, that's a tough yeah. place to play, and they went up, and then they went down in the fourth, and they fought back. So. I would say that one, followed by, yeah, maybe this series or maybe Atlanta-Boston have been the three most tightly contested series. But, you know, at this point, I'm sort of feeling like um, the wind's at the Cavs' back. And if they drop a game, it'll be a gentleman's sweep. And, you know, not not. I, I think they understand now how to beat the Pistons. And I don't think yeah. the Pistons have enough uh, enough ammo. 
No, but they definitely seem like they'll be a team in a year or two that will be right in the thick of things. If they I, I agree with right that. I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, they're young and their talent, their, their, their really good talent is young. That's the key. And yeah. I think Van Gundy, you know, as kind of has all the, he has the reins. And so he gets to do what he wants. I think he's going to put together um, a scary team. So, yeah, I mean, yep. they're going to be in the, they're going to be in the thick of things for a couple of years. Almost as scary as Tom Thibodeau in, in Minnesota. But that's a, for another podcast. Yeah, that is. Oh, so with that, um, this was the Cavs' 10th straight playoff win over the Pistons. And that got me thinking, what is the NBA record for most consecutive playoff wins um, against oh. a certain team? And I have no idea. Is this a po- is this a po- no, I, I have okay. no idea. And I don't know how to find that without like manually looking. And that could take a long time. So I'm just going to hope someone else comes to my aid and gives me an assist on that one because i just i don't know yeah but it, i mean how how bad could it be i mean 10's got to be close right winning 10 straight games is hard to do winning 10 straight Although, playoff games is really how many hard did to the do. Cavs win over the wizards straight because when weren't those all sweeps no they were not all sweeps the last one was a sweep all right you're, right. Gonna, make, you're gonna make me look I don't no think, no that's okay i don't think no no it's <laughs> fine i'll do it quickly i don't think the last two were sweeps the first one went six. Okay. Um, if I had to guess, I would say the second one went six, but I don't actually know. Okay, let's see. Cleveland Cavaliers beat Wizards. Okay, so in 07, they did sweep the Wizards. In 08, they won 4-2. Okay. And so they went 4-2. 4-0 the year they lost the finals, mm. and they went 4-2 uh, the year they lost to Boston in the second round in that riveting seven-game series. So, no, they definitely did not win okay. 10 straight. There's got to be some Jordan Bulls beating some poor team in the playoffs, like, consistently, right? Like the Knicks or some, or the Pacers or something Yeah, unfortunately, like that. I have a new job, and I'm extremely busy, because if this yeah. was, like, three months ago, I would have seriously spent hours trying to find the answer to this question, so that, like, the four <laughs> people that read it on the comments would be like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right, well, hey, All thanks right. for joining me tonight for this. Hey, um, anytime. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad I could come back. I feel like I've been gone for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's no, glad to be back. Hey, what'd you no. think of uh, Elijah? I thought, man, I was impressed oh, with his strong. Yeah, very strong yeah, podcast strong. presence. I like his voice. I do too. Uh, I do. Too. Like you said, I, yeah, he could fill in for Fred McLeod. Like he's got a good, uh, a good, good, good voice for podcasting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well, another good addition to our to yep. our high quality team. So, All right, we're well, looking for one more. We're looking for one more, and uh, with that, you know, look forward to uh, Corey's recap in the morning. Absolutely. Do do it do us proud, Corey. All right. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.